Welcome to Words to Inspire, lifelong empowerment from God's Word. I'm Ruth Coghill, your host. Have you ever wondered if and where you fit into God's plan? Today, I'll join by phone best-selling author and speaker Liz Curtis Higgs, who will answer that question over the next few months. Through Liz's study book, The Girls Still Got It, she shows how our sovereign God used an unlikely candidate greatly to accomplish his purposes, Biblical Ruth. You won't want to miss Liz's insights and research into this amazing story of redemption. Welcome back to Words to Inspire, Liz. Wonderful to be back with you. We have such an exciting... Oh, I can't wait. As we're doing these six segments, the third week of each month, just reminding our listeners that uh, to come back each time. But if you miss it on air, the shows will be archived on my website and uh, wordstoinspire.ca. And Liz, oh my goodness, as we start today, we are getting into the most exciting part of the story. I'm sitting on the edge of my chair here in the studio, and uh, I know I'm joining you by phone, but are you as excited as I am? Oh, always, always, always. I know that you get your audience for this part always ready and pumped. Tell us why. Oh, because we left Ruth prepared to do everything her mother-in-law told her to do, we sent her down to the threshing floor, which would have been a big uh, circle of hard, pressed-down dirt or, or uh, bedrock revealed, depending on which town you're in. But, so we don't know which Bethlehem had, but we knew it had this big area, this big threshing floor. It's nighttime. Mm. Men are there. The men who owned the land, who were going to, as the masters, winnow the grain. That was their job. So it's an exciting, scary moment. Ruth is bathed and dressed and perfumed. She's dressed like a bride. And her mother-in-law said, wait until he finishes eating and drinking and note where he lies down. So that's where we start. When Boaz had finished oh, wow. and was in good spirits. <laughs> I good love spirits that. Spirits were not in him, by the way. Don't make him a drunk man. That's not what's happening here. No. He's just full and happy. He went over to lie down at the far end of the grain pile. This is good news because he's not in the center of things with other men right nearby. He's at the far end. We see God's hand already on the scene. Ruth approached, the Bible says, quietly, also translated softly, stealthily, secretly. Mm. And she uncovered his feet and lay down exactly as her mother-in-law said do. Wow. In the middle of the night, and that, is, that matters in the Bible, when something happens at midnight or middle of the night, it is momentous. It's important. There's something happening here we don't want to miss. Something startled the man. So he's awakened, uh, and we don't know what awakened him, whether he sensed her presence, heard her breathing, felt the warmth of her body near his feet, or just his uncovered feet made him cold. I don't mm-hmm. know. But he turned. He sat up and, and rolled over, sort of. We have the vision of that in the Hebrew. And he discovers a woman lying at his feet. A woman. He doesn't discover Ruth. He discovers a woman. That's a yikes. Yeah, right. He's a woman. And so his first words, who are you? And I think it comes deeper than that. It's, who are you to me that you would dare be here? Mm. Because we, we need to remember that this was not where a woman should be, first of all. 
She shouldn't be down at the threshing floor. You reminded us last time. Right. And here she is doing something that you've already reminded us was not culturally okay. No. It's a brand new historical changing moment. Right. And so, you know, at that point, because he didn't say, oh, Ruth, but who are you? I think my temptation might have been to say, Orpa, and run away. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. But, but isn't it good that he gives her that chance for her to remember who she is? Yes, exactly. Who are you? And she is unapologetic and unafraid and boldly says, I am your servant, Ruth. So she not only identifies herself by name, but she also puts herself in the right place, mm. servant. However, what she doesn't say, please notice, is the Moabitess. We don't need to bring that up here. Oh, that's right. That's been a constant throughout the story. Yeah. Not here, though. Then, if I were Ruth, I would have paused after revealing myself to see how he responded. You know, wouldn't you say, <laughs> it's me? Yeah. I would pause and say, is he happy? Is he upset? What is he? She keeps right on going. That's the courage. That's the boldness that Ruth has. Spread the corner of your garment over me. Now, remember Naomi said what? He will tell you what to do. That's right. Well, Boaz has not told her anything. No. Didn't even know who she was. So who has told her what to do? Huh. Obviously, God. Yeah. Because Naomi didn't say, tell him to spread the corner of your garment, nor, again, do we find that in biblical or historical evidence before Ruth. You'll find it again later in Ezekiel. You'll find it in weddings today uh, in the Middle East, where a man throws the corner of his garment over a woman to say, I want to marry you. But this is the first time we find it. Clearly, God told her, this is what I want you to say. Spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a kinsman redeemer. In other words, you have the position to redeem me, to give me a future and a hope. Mm, wow. What Her powerful words. To Boaz. Wow. What powerful words and what courage and what guidance. And as you've reminded us, this is guidance right from God in her obedience. You know, uh, Liz, so often today, the word obedience has this sense of slavery. Yes. And God has a different thought. He says obedience brings you freedom. Right. Disobedience is what brings us slavery. Right. And here she is obeying and getting a brand new freedom to be bold. I love it. Yeah, we often see Ruth as, as this kind of meek, mild woman, oh. but that is not the oh. woman I see in the Bible. Me either. First of all, when her mother-in-law said, go back, she basically said, no. Exactly. Oh, tell me to do that. That's... Here's what I'm going to do. Uh, and here we see her proposing to this landowner because of the relationship, since you are a kinsman redeemer, because of his relationship, she can be bold. We are also called to walk boldly into the throne room, mm. ask of God what it is that we need. And, and he, God says that to us because if we're in relationship with him, we're going to ask for the right thing. Right. It's going to be safe. So what is Boaz's response? The Lord wow. bless you. That is this guy's unbroken record, isn't it? He's always blessing. Yes. Lord bless you. 
my daughter. So he's again blessing her in God's name and again claiming her as family. And so she is, if she was nervous before, who are you? Well, now she's being reminded by Boaz, I know exactly who you are. You're mine. Wow. Now, is this anything to do with their age at all? The difference in their age? Well, you know, he's going to move into that now. And this is a very tender moment for Boaz when he says to her, this kindness, in other words, proposing to me, is greater than that which you showed earlier. Kindness to Naomi. And then he says, you have not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. He knows that she is a young woman who would rightly want a young husband. But instead, she has chosen this older man. We do not know how old Boaz is, but he is older. His mother, Rahab, we haven't even talked No, 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 no. (laughs) His mother, Rahab, is no longer on the scene. And so, um, so we have a sense that he's a much older man, older than Ruth anyway. And so he's kind of amazed that she didn't go after a younger man, rich or poor. No, she chose him. And now my daughter, again using that, that ownership, that family relationship phrase, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid about being bold. Here it comes. I will do for you all you ask. Wow. That's what God says. If you ask, it will be given unto you. That's what Boaz is saying to you, to Ruth. I will do for you all you ask. What woman How? want to hear that? Wow. And all, all that's added next is, my fellow townsmen know that you are a woman of noble character. And again, reminding us of what she'd come from, but now by because she's turned to Bethlehem, because she's turned to the God of Israel, and because she's obedient to follow him, she's identified as a woman of noble character. That just stands out to me so, so brilliantly. It does. And what we might not know is that in the Hebrew Bible, um, the, the books are in a different order, and Ruth comes right after Proverbs. Proverbs 31 tells us about what? Hmm. Woman of noble character. The exact same words oh. are used to describe Ruth. And so it's, it's as if they were saying in Proverbs 31, after describing this amazing woman, here, here's a whole story about a beautiful example of a woman of noble character. And so here's our Ruth being so tuned into God, listening so carefully to God's direction, and living out what God is asking her to do, and Boaz affirming her and blessing her and assuring her, everybody, all my fellow townsmen know, you are a woman of noble character. No mention of her being a Moabitess here. That is beautiful. This is a total turn in the, in the story, and a, such a reminder from, for us that when we turn to the God of Israel, we are new creatures. We are no longer the same. Boy, the conversation on the thrashing floor is quite a dramatic one. It is. She proposes to Boaz, and now we get his response. He, he did bless her for it, but here comes an although. Mm-mm-mm. Here comes a but. Although it is true that I am near of kin, big gasp here, there is a kinsman redeemer nearer than I. <gasps> oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Coming, but you know what? We should have. Because back, back in previous chapters, 
when Naomi talked about Boaz, she said, he is one of our kinsman redeemer. Right. And we forget that. We're so excited right. to meet him. We forget that he's one of, and now we hear there's one even closer. <laughs> and of course, we're, we're worried because yeah. she would have to be redeemed by the closest kinsman redeemer. That's how the law worked. And so, so he, she must be panicking a little bit. And so he says to her, stay here for the night. Please notice he did not cover her with the corner of his garment as she requested but he is protecting her. Stay here in the morning. If he wants to redeem, good, let him redeem. <laughs> i got to tell you, when I read that, Ruth, I thought, Ooh. do what? You don't really mean you want this other redeemer to have her. Surely not. <laughs> I know. You know this is that panic. But, of course, Boaz goes right on to say, but, and this is one of those big buts of the yeah. but he is not willing as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it. How can Boaz say that? He knows this other redeemer. He knows he's not going to be willing. So he's, it's easy for him to say, if he's not willing, as surely as the Lord lives. Well, does the Lord live? Of course he does. Yes. I will do it. So there it is. Not to worry. We already are breathing a sigh of relief. Boaz is on this. He's got this. This is not, a, he's not letting Ruth go. He tells her to lie here until morning. Because she needs to be safe. At this point in the darkness of the night, she does not need to be wandering around the threshing floor trying to find her way home. She lays at his feet until morning. And this makes me giggle. It doesn't say that she's going to sleep. No, no. One of them actually sleeping. They both, their hearts would be beating. (laughs) Their senses would be on full alert. And I think they both laid there. But here's the beauty of it. Nothing happened on the threshing floor. No. Hollywood has never really touched the book of Ruth. There have been Christian movie companies that have done her story, but Hollywood would never look at this story because nothing happens. Yes. They are both honorable people doing the right thing, even in a dark place where, frankly, immorality was common. These two honor God. It isn't a very exciting story by the world standards, it's a brilliant story by God's standards. Absolutely. She gets up before anyone could be recognized. That's smart. And he says, don't let it be known that a woman came to the threshing floor. Notice how he doesn't even speak her name, nor does she respond vocally, because it's very important now for her reputation that she not be heard or seen and that she not be identified as Ruth. I love that God is protecting her. Boaz, representing God for us here, is protecting her reputation. The Bible tells us that we are to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord Mm. and to avoid even rumors that we've done something wrong. And so I love that he's protecting her. Then he says, bring your shawl that you're wearing and hold it out. Remember she said, spread out your garment? Now he is saying as an echo... Spread out your garment. And into it he pours six measures of barley. Love that because what is six measures? What's the measure? You know, if you don't know whether it's cups or spoons or barrels, what is the measure? It's indefinite. And six is the number of incompletions. So in essence he's saying, here's some for now. Plenty more where that came from. Wow. And he puts it on her shoulder. It's very tender. 
He put it on her. This is the only way in which they touch, and it would have been very innocent. And then he went back to town. She goes back, too. Uh, and I imagine them both walking back to Bethlehem, some distance apart, kind of whistling. Yeah. Traveling <laughs> along. Don't anybody notice us? Yeah. <laughs> Naomi is waiting, and she's got to be in a panic, Ruth, because I don't think she thought Ruth would be gone the whole night. And so how did it go, my daughter? Yes. I think she really wants to know, who are you now? Are you Mrs. Boaz? What, what happened? Ruth tells her everything Boaz had done for her. Wow. Doesn't mention that she proposed to Boaz. That's their little secret. And here's, here's breakfast, she said. Here's six measures of barley, saying, don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. What did Naomi say? I've come back empty Oh, that's right. Right? And so here it is. You are not empty-handed, Naomi. This is Boaz's way, not only of blessing Ruth, but letting Naomi know, I've got this. It's going to work out well. Don't worry. What hope in those verses? Absolutely. It, it's such a brilliant story. Uh, you know me, I break it down not just phrase by phrase, but word by word, because every word points to redemption. Every word is God saying, I've got this. Your hope is founded on truth, not on hearsay. This is going to end well. Just watch me work. And then Naomi gives that statement. Wait, there is such suspense in that. How wait, could they possibly wait? wait till the final segment, too. <laughs> it, it's not easy to wait. It's very hard, and I, in fact, I think that's our test of faith, is the waiting bit, um, and that, that's where faith comes in, is waiting and trusting and saying, Lord, I don't actually see how this could end well. That's there, in Ruth's case, there's some other Redeemer, Lord, who is he? I don't even ah. know him. How am I going to love him? How am I going to serve him? How could I ever call him husband? Oh, Lord, help. Wow. But Naomi's saying, don't worry, just wait. And then it seems as though she's got a brand new sense of trust. Naomi. Not only that, she's, she is sure the man will not rest until the matter is... <laughs> I love that. Oh, yeah, that's a very affirming statement. And it is, in fact, the last thing Ruth says. Excuse me, the last thing Naomi says. Her last words in the book of Ruth. In the book. Oh, wow. Hadn't noticed that. That is so beautiful. Now, as we look at this segment that we've, we've covered today, it's so interesting to me, the importance of timing. It certainly is. If we look back, we see a whole lot of times that just the right time and all of those things, doing exactly what uh, Naomi had instructed uh, Ruth to do. But all of this, like stay here for the night, all of those little things... Liz, God's timing is so perfect for us. We do not wait well. I don't wait well. Perhaps you do. But it is so outlined so clearly in this passage, the importance of doing it step by step. And I think if we can see the blessing of God step by step, it builds our faith so we can wait. Um, just yesterday, my husband and I traveled home, and it was one of those kind of things. Travel can either be one problem after another or one blessing after another. And 
every time a good, kind thing happened, whether it was as simple as someone just saying, good morning, a kindness, I was counting them. I said, there's another one. There's another one. Wow. Another one. Yeah. And then when our flight was delayed for two and a half hours, <laughs> <laughs> I had to wait because I said, God has this. He has blessed us all day long. This delay, we're going to get home. Our luggage will make it. God is good and can be trusted. Wow. And that is what we learn step by step. If we had it all at once, it certainly would not be the same blessing. It would not strengthen us over the long course of time. And I love it, this picture that God never unveils his plan to us. He doesn't whip off a a big blanket off a a big photo of what our lives are going to be like. He unfolds it a little bit at a time, unrolls it almost like a scroll. And sometimes it seems to me like the scroll rolls right back up and I can't see one thing. Oh, right. But he unfolds it. And I love this passage that you've helped us look at today on this fifth segment. It just is such a step-by-step unfolding of God's plan for these characters in this story of Ruth, what a beautiful segment. There's excitement, there's suspense, but overall, it's God unfolding a bigger picture. You're so right. And I love the fact that, that uh, it says in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for yes. you. Yes, yes. Uh, my friend Chilla Walsh once said, Lord, can I just see the plans? Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's not how it works. No. He shows us, as you say, step by step, and it's our obedience that reveals those plans. Wow. Obedience revealing the plans of God. I love it. What a way to wrap up our fifth segment on this six-segment series with Liz Curtis Higgs. Thanks again, Liz. It's such a privilege to have you on Words to Inspire to encourage us with this beautiful story. And I'd love to hear from you, my listeners. Email me with your thoughts or comments about today's show, ruth at wordstoinspire.ca, or visit my website, wordstoinspire.ca. You can also visit the store on my website where you can purchase the first of my WOW Bible studies, Woman of Worth, Lifelong Encouragement from Psalm 139 and just released the four-DVD set to accompany that first book, a great resource to encourage you in your spiritual journey. God's Word is so powerful, and Words to Inspire wants to stir up your desire to memorize, meditate, study, and apply the life-changing truths of Scripture. The theme verse for this book on Ruth, this series that we are doing, I've chosen from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 in the message, and it reads, Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Tune in again next week, same time and station. I'm Ruth Coghill with Words to Inspire. Bye for now.